What's going on guys? It's Mike Norris. This is You Talk. I am here today with my good friend Brett Gordon, who is an account executive at Entercom. What's up, Brett? Hello, Mike. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked. We were just talking about accidentally shaving our beards before we uh, recorded, but maybe we can save that for another time. Um, today we want to talk a little bit about radio and, and broadcast radio and digital radio and stuff. And Brett knows a lot more about this than me because he's got a pretty extensive background in the space. I don't know if that's something you like to go into, Brett? Sure, yeah, I love to talk about it. Um, you know, uh, my background has been in radio and TV, mostly in the broadcast side of things. Um, you know, I, I started at uh, WBBM News Radio, you know, when I was in college, just as a promotions coordinator. Um, so luckily when I graduated from school, I was able to start at, uh, you might know WCIU TV. Yeah. Uh, the U, for anybody in Chicago, you know, you've got it. Um, so I uh, worked doing, uh, doing sales like one month after I graduated with, uh, with Weigel Broadcasting. Um, worked there for nine years, uh, selling all of their, you know, uh, WCIU and their digital substations. And then they started a radio station as I, you know, my last two years. So that kind of got me into the radio realm. Um, and then after that, I wanted to kind of grow myself and you know, learn a little bit more in the media landscape. And, you know, I knew radio had a little bit more opportunities on the digital side. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I, I was kind of, an, kind of an easy transition over to radio where you just still, you know, the traditional TV and radio, it's kind of negotiated very similarly. Um, but when you go to part the digital elements, that was something the radio was kind of a little bit ahead of for TV. Um, so joining up with uh, CBS radio when I started there, um, which then became Entercom, kind of allowed me to get into that broadcast radio and then, you know, learning the digital side of things, which, you know, I know you guys know at UTech very well. So yeah. uh, I'm a novice, but uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a learning experience. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're a novice, man. I've, I've talked to you. I know, I know. The... Compared to you guys. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. I mean, obviously like the elephant in the room right now with everything going on is COVID, right? Uh, so I would assume that traditional radio, maybe right now there are less people listening, you know, with, with commuting to work, maybe that's down a little, but I would imagine digital audio is doing pretty well. Would you say that? So, true? yeah, definitely. Um, hey, it's just a matter of, you know, your habits, you know, every person has their habits when, you know, they go through the day and our pre-COVID habits are definitely different than our, you know, during COVID habits. Um, obviously, you know, the first two months of quarantine, nobody was really going into work unless you were an essential worker. So that, you know, AM, FM drive wasn't really what it was in the past. But what people still wanted to engage in is their favorite radio stations that, you know, they're not in the car in the morning anymore. So how do I listen to my favorite personalities in the morning? Um, so they have transitioned to, you know, going streaming route. Um, so our, our app at Entercom is radio.com. And we've seen it's like double digit growth during COVID uh, just simply because people are listening in their new habits. So now, you know, not necessarily today, but throughout COVID, you know, with the work from home, uh, you know, the work from home lifestyle, you wake up, you may not get on, you know, get work until like, you know, maybe like seven, eight, nine o'clock AM, or usually you might be in the car like six or 7 AM. Mm -hmm. uh, now you wake up, it's a little bit later, but all you have to say is, hey, Alexa, turn on WBBM News Radio. Um, you know, being in the home has really helped, you know, amplify uh, radio.com's reach right now, just because people can listen on their smart speaker easily in their home. When I'm here sitting, you know, doing all, all, everything on my laptop, I, I can turn on the news in the background and have it right there. Uh, and then, you know, 
afterwards when I just want to listen to some music, maybe on XRT or something, I can just pop that on as well. And it, it makes it really easy. Um, now, you know, the, the driving, it, it was very concerning about, you know, the low driving, you know, low amounts of people driving during COVID because obviously radio is primarily in car. Um, but luckily, there, there, people are actually driving uh, a regular normal amount now than they were in uh, January and February. So obviously, March, yeah, March, April was down. We're double what we were in March, April. Um, but the University of what is it, the Maryland Institute of Tech, what is it? I wrote this down because like, Maryland Transportation Institute. <laughs> they did a big study, uh, a bunch of different markets to see what people's driving habits are now. Um, you know, using Google data and things like that. And they were able to see that people may be um, driving less miles per trip, but they're making more trips per day. So in a sense, people are actually spending more time in the car now because, hey, if they're making, you know, four trips of eight miles a day, where before they were making maybe three trips of 10 miles, they're still spending more time in the car. So actually now radio is right back to where it was before. So we're actually in a good, good, you know, in a good place because those people that, you know, lost their ability to listen to the radio during their AM, FM drive now can listen to it. And now when they're in other situations, they now know how to listen to it because during COVID, they learned how to use radio.com wherever they are. Um, so yeah, it was bad, but that's actually good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to hear, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I, I can tell you, I'm one of those people who's, I'm a sucker for my morning shows, man. I, I've got like, you know, my go-tos and I, I hop in my shower. I do the, I'm the Alexa guy. I, I heard you like mention that. I'm, I'm all about like, just, I, I can't get enough of it, you know? And um, I have noticed too that I've, I've started listening to things more now than I did previously. And I don't know if it was a COVID thing or if my habits have just kind of changed as I'm getting older, but like, I used to read things a lot. Now I listen to things a lot. And um, I'm, I'm like always streaming stuff. When I'm sitting here at my desk, I'm streaming stuff. You know, when I was, when I was at home, I'm back in the office now, but when I was at home, I was streaming stuff all the time. And I think I like got into it more because of COVID for whatever reason, just because I was like, well, I bet a lot of people are streaming stuff now. Maybe I should too. And so I just did it. And that, yeah. I mean, podcasting has been blowing up because just like you said, people are looking for content. They're looking for, they're looking for something to do during COVID. So yeah. people discovered, you know, different podcasts or, you know, even radio shows across the country that they could get into because what are we going to do? I mean, I'm bored. I got nothing to do. Like, so people have been looking for alternative uh, you know, ways to engage in media and, you know, podcasting and, and, and things like that. And that yeah. has excelled a lot. Um, so it is fun to see, you know, I'm not a podcasting guy myself. I'm a reader, I, you know, but there's, you know, a difference. Some people are visual. <laughs> some people are auditory learners. I'm a visual. I, I can't listen to something. No. <laughs> we got a video going on here then. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise I'd be like, oh, what is Mike saying? I, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> next question. <laughs> Well, I do have another question for you. So um, I, I want to touch on the targeting with, uh, with digital audio as well, whether it be podcasts or radio or, you know, anything like that. It, it's different. And, and I'm more familiar with this than I am on the traditional side. You know, the traditional side, I know you kind of look at like the demographic and all that, and you got your points and all that stuff. And you, you've educated me on this more than <laughs> I know of myself, but on the digital side, I know that I can target people based on like, I, I will only hit my demographic if I want to, as long as there's enough people in that pool, and there usually is. To some, you know, typical radio or TV, broadcast TV advertisers, 
they've never experienced that. You know, they, maybe they, they've done a little Facebook targeting here or there, but you know, the, the typical advertiser just did radio and TV. They really never had the ability to super hyper target exactly who they want to reach. You know, so as products like search engine marketing continues to grow, you know, people are looking for ways to use that kind of data within whatever types of advertising they're doing. So radio has, you know, jumped in head first, at least, you know, uh, Intercom with our radio.com, um, they've really developed a whole slew of attribution elements to kind of pile on to the campaign. So now you can do extreme targeting. You know, I think there's like 2000 data points that we have and you know, all of our competitors, they, they've got the same kind of data points as well. So you can use the massive amount of people listening and all of the, the data that we collect you know, from their device, ours is location-based um, and you can put that all together. And then we also use some third-party information from, uh, you know, from our partners at Claritas um, you know, to really create a, a profile of who you wanna reach. Now, who is your ideal profile that your company is trying to reach? And we create that profile and, you know, we create that audience for them in radio.com. And then we have the ability on the backside to, you know, show exact attribution, showing, you know, web lift from month A to month B. Um, we can show, you know, exact return on investment spend, you know, return on an ad spend, cost per acquisition in real time too. This all, you know, this all goes into a dashboard where, you know, any advertiser can just log in anytime and kind of see where it is. So the transparency is really important, especially right now, because transparency has always been that key element in digital spending that's always been that haziness, you know? And so with the ability to see exactly where your impressions are landing, um, it's really helped, you know, kind of ease that you know, anxiety of spending. Um, but then to actually see, you know, what works and have the ability to continually optimize your campaign, um, you almost can't lose because say you've got, you know, you start with, uh, let's start with three different demos we want to reach to and we want to do two different commercial creatives for each of those demos and let's target that in four different markets. Well, which demo is working with, with which, which commercial? Well, we can see, we can see that in real time by placing the pixels on the client's website on the on whichever pages that have that data that we need to collect and we'll be able to continually optimize it no matter what. So, hey, uh, commercial A is not working for demographic B. Let's wipe that out. Let's focus the impressions on demographic B or on commercial B that's working for that demographic, you know, and doing A-B testing with, with specific commercial creatives, specific demographics and specific markets, you can continually optimize it and get exactly where you want it to be. Yeah, and, and that's something that we noticed, you know, doing some campaigns with you guys was, it, it was awesome to see like this spot drove this many clicks, this spot drove this many. Here are the times that people came in, you know, here, here are the new users that came to your website. I, I didn't, I, I think generally speaking, like people don't associate radio or even digital radio with being able to have that kind of tracking. I think that's something that, you know, like in people's minds, you just, you just think like, that's not it just doesn't come to mind. And uh, it's, it's not quite that way, which I think is, I think that's great. No, you're right. When people think radio, they think old school, you know, you think of media when newspaper, radio, TV, radio is just, you know, an older medium, but it's older, but it's still very relevant in there. And just like all of these other, you know, all of these, these other medias out there, they're, they're continually evolving. 
So, you know, a radio company 40 years ago is totally different from a radio company nowadays. Yeah. I mean, most radio companies nowadays are, you know, they're, they're the over-the-air radio and they're, you know, a, a full digital agency, essentially, you know, the, we've got the, you know, the email marketing, the mobile marketing, the, you know, SEO, SEM, uh, you know, uh, social media, all that stuff, you know, so for, you know, one advertiser who may not have the ability to, grasp all that themselves and you know not have the time to go yeah. to many different companies um it definitely helps out to have that all in you know in house at one place so um on that side you know radio has kind of evolved a little bit and you know they're not the old school that they used to be <laughs> well you know what's funny is email i think is is probably like 40 years old now i i know it's I don't know. I don't know exactly. Don't, don't tell my parents that because they uh, <laughs> they wouldn't agree. <laughs> They'll bring up a keyboard or typewriter story or something. <laughs> <laughs> but people don't think of email as being old. You know, I, I I think you know you think email marketing. It's like I can't tell you how many goofy ass emails I get every day, man. I really do, and and they're bad. You know, like there's a right and wrong way to do it, and man, I get some I get some rough ones, but I don't know. Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> hey, I can only imagine because I send some pretty interesting emails to prospects myself. So you're getting those emails. So I can only imagine some of the crazy stuff people are sending you. <laughs> give me one. Give me one. I'll give you, uh, give you my tips. I don't know. I might go the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I do want to touch you because you've got a TV background too. And I, I, uh, yeah. that's something that I think is, is pretty interesting as well is how viewing habits are changing right now as well. You know, you've got OTT and cord cutting and Netflix and streaming and, you know, all the millennials are doing it and all that. I mean, is that, is it all that it's typed up to be, would you say? It's legit. Yeah. I'm, I'm a prime example. Uh, during COVID, you know, I had, uh, you know, the same company that handled my internet and cable and it was ridiculously expensive and my cable kept going out and I'm like, what other options are there? And as you start to look into these other options, you know, these OTT options. I mean, for me as just the consumer, it's so much more affordable than doing something with like a, a cable company or, um, or something else, you know, it's, it's, it's so much easier too. You know, I don't have to deal with the customer service uh, yeah. having to, you know, add a channel or something. All I go, all I do is go onto the website, click, let's add that and it's done. I mean, within a month, I've already, you know, gone from one, <laughs> from one OTT platform to another because one has better TV stations than another. And hey, I want to see my trashy MTV shows. All right. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, OTT really is kind of, I, I see it as the future of TV. Um, you know, as I was, uh, as I was heading out of uh, a broadcast TV world, you know, I saw the writing on the wall that, you know, digital television is going to start to creep up and, you know, make an impact on the dollars that were coming to traditional TV. And, and it definitely has. Um, I mean, when you have radio companies like Endercom also offering OTT opportunities, there's so many other ways to get involved in television. Um, so, you know, it slowly started to, in my mind, eat away a little bit at them, but those TV companies have gotten on board too, you know, yeah. getting on OTT exchanges. They're being able to offer these OTT uh, solutions to their clients. Um, because it is a real thing. I mean, I, I don't have the exact data. It isn't a slide that I can send you on one of my massive decks, um, but it's <laughs> legit. Uh, people are continuing to cut the cord. And quite honestly, throughout COVID, it's kind of the same situation that happened with radio.com. We're bored. We're looking for something else to do, something else to watch. 
I've gone through every freaking movie that's on cable. I, I don't know how many times I can watch, you know, Gladiator on AMC during the day anymore. Mm-hmm. Actually, I could watch that every <laughs> time. <laughs> I just wouldn't use that as an example. Um, but, you know, you're looking for new content. So that was the opportunity for people to jump into like a Netflix or an Amazon Prime to, to test it out, to see what they have there, see how it works, see how to, you know, just manually control it on your TV because that it's a new technology for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then as, as people continue to test it out and, and see how easy it is and see how you can almost view all the content that you can see on cable whenever you want on one of these platforms, it kind of makes it easier. Um, now, I will say the cable platforms are, you know, a little bit advanced. I mean, just the user interface, it's unbeatable right now. Um, but the more that I explore some of these other OTT um, providers, I mean, they're pretty good. I mean, I'm on YouTube TV right now, and it's very fast. You know, it's not delayed, uh, much quicker than another one that I had. So it, it's going really well. Yeah. And again, those digital targeting options are there too, you know, where you can layer in. Oh, yeah. Hit your exact audience, everyone you're looking for. Same thing with the digital audio. But I, and I will, that's why, and that's why they love it because now they take it's the same concept with radio. You know, now you can no waste just like you do in the digital world. Now TV is no waste. I mean, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's every every advertiser's dream. Yeah, it really is. Honestly, um, I'm one of those rare people who I have cable and I have I have like I have Hulu, I have Netflix. I, I probably even have another one that I don't know about that I'm randomly paying for. But I mean, you could target me anywhere, man. I don't, I gotta, I'd probably got to reel it in truthfully, but I do feel like, you know, looking at these platforms and stuff or looking at like OTT specifically and all the streaming, it's, all, it's almost to me like it's becoming like cable. And what I mean like that by that is like, you used to have Netflix and you had Netflix and Hulu. Now you've got like Disney plus and Peacock and uh, HBO go and, you know, like, it's like now every network has their own streaming service. It's like, why? I don't even know anymore. You know, like they're all over the place. You've got YouTube, YouTube live and all that. I mean, it's great. And, but I, th- I think, you know, what's, what's nice about the, the advertising is you don't necessarily need to like pick one platform. You can kind of right. just run your ads throughout, which I think is really good. Right. And then you do have the opportunity to, you know, pick individual platforms if you want to go into like a Hulu or somebody like that. Um, you know, it, it, you got to be careful, though, because, you know, some uh, programmatic OTT companies, you know, they might just use that 15% of inventory that some of these networks, you know, offer them, um, whereas some other companies that are common included, you know, we're using first look inventory, part of the 85% that doesn't go, you know, immediately sold off to programmatic. So, you know, it's not going to be just going overnight, you know, reaching impressions overnight, because, yeah, you know, an impression overnight is the same as an impression during the day. So it's important to, you know, talk to whatever company you're doing OTT with to make sure that your impressions are being spread out throughout the day, knowing that you're still hitting the target. You know, you don't want to just hit a target while they hit a 6A, even if it is all your impressions and it matches your target audience. You want to make sure that you're getting it spread out. Um, so, you know, those are some important questions to ask when you're, you know, starting to get into the OTT realm. Yeah, you, you never know. Like, I fall asleep with the TV on all the time. And I'm sure a lot of other people do too. And hey, there's your ad, boom, you know? Yeah. Um, what other questions do you get though? I think that's a good, that's a good like segue. What, what other, or what other questions should people be asking? With OTT? Yeah, let's start um, with, and I think we can go into, you know, radio and digital audio too. 
Well, you know, some of the main questions is the transparency. You know, how, how do you report? Um, you know, how will I know where my campaign is being placed? You know, do I just hope and pray that like you're placing it in the right spots? Yeah. Um, so, you know, asking whatever company that you're working with, what is, you know, how, how are you tracking? How are you reporting? How will I be able to view this information is really important. Um, you know, we have a you know, platform where, you know, you can view through everything, you know, I have monthly meetings with our clients to, you know, show them how things are going. Same concept as I was talking with radio.com, you can do the ABC testing and continually optimize it. But knowing, um, knowing from the start, it, it's really important to ask that question um, because it's important to ask. <laughs> I mean, it's a question that I, I would ask and that I, I think I do ask as well, you know, like, you just don't know. And, and like you said, there's that 15% of inventory where it's, it's, you know, what are you paying for? And it, it's, it can be, it can be hard for, I, I want to ask you this question too, like what kind of businesses and maybe in what, in what life cycle stage might they be in that they would want to look at doing some, some radio or do, do you want to transition back to radio? We've talked a little bit. Oh, about no, I mean, it, you know, with radio and OTT, it's, it's very similar in my mind. Um, you know, radio.com, OTT, radio, broadcast TV. Um, in my mind, they're, you know, they're very similar. Um, so, you know, uh, for those companies that are trying to, you know, radio is more of a middle funnel, radio and broadcast TV. You know, it's a little bit more branding, getting the name out, letting people know the products out there. Um, the direct response, you know, it, it used to be a lot better on that level, but I feel like it's gone down a little bit, but, but it is still there during the daytime. Um, but what, you know, radio.com and in specific OTT, it's a little bit middle to lower of the funnel because it's so targeted, you know that that person that you're reaching has done some kind of research or done some kind of activities online to indicate that they fall into this profile that they should be served an ad. So, you know, just knowing that and having that, you know, mentality that people you're reaching are more likely to be interested in your product definitely comes across, you know, more impactful. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I want to run you through a little bit of um, an exercise if we can, or like a scenario. So and okay. it's not a challenge or anything. Let me know if this is difficult, but challenge I accepted. <laughs> I want to give people um, like a visualization of, you know, how this whole thing works and, and what they should do. Like, let's say, let's say I'm a, a business owner and I sell shoes and I've been doing it. Yeah, I've been at it for like a few years and you know, maybe uh, I, I probably have less than a million dollars revenue, but I've got a little bit of money to spend. Uh, let's say I've got, you know, $50,000 a month. Uh, that, would, that would be excessive probably for the situation we're talking about, but let's just roll with it. Um, <laughs> let's a very say, successful shoe store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're crushing it. They sell <laughs> uh, so let's say I come to you and, and, I'm, uh, and I, I don't really know what to do. You know, I know I should get, I should get some marketing out there. How do you go about, like... It, if someone came to you and they're like, listen, I just have a bunch of money and I need a plan, how, how do you go about drawing that up for them? Well, it depends what type of business it is. Um, you know, if it's more of a one location business and it's a shoe store where, you know, people aren't necessarily going to, you know, drive multiple miles to get there, I might even not suggest radio for them. Um, you know, you could go more of a, a, a digital route, you know, obviously targeting around their location, um, you know, I quite honestly, I, for a location like that, I would suggest them going a little bit social media first because, you know, they can get the lower cost impressions, you know, more impressions, um, and you can kind of flood that area a little bit better. 
Uh, you know, when radio and TV really come into factor, when, you know, they can really benefit a business, it's, it's when, you know, it's a type of business that people are going to travel to or that they've reached the entire area, the entire market area that they're around. Um, because if you're a one location shoe shop, you know, on, you know, maybe in like, you know, Buffalo Grove or something like that, you don't want to reach people that are, you know, way south side in like Tinley Park or something, because that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> you're, you're Tinley? Yeah. I was going to say Deerfield, because I'm from Deerfield, but I chose another. Oh. Buffalo Grove's right next door. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm very, um, how put this, uh, I don't necessarily always sell my products at Entercom. If there is another way for a company to be successful, I'm happy to point them that direction. Um, but those companies that are gonna be successful on, on broadcast TV and radio are gonna be those multiple location places or those places that are going to you know, draw people from a wide range, you know, a very wide market area. Or, um, you know, obviously e-commerce is great because, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, you don't have to go anywhere for it. Um, so you can go anywhere and everywhere. Um, but, you know, radio and TV really, really help out when it's a location or it's something that, uh, that people are willing to drive to or that has multiple locations around, uh, around or they sell some kind of product that, you know, it, you can only get it there. Or there's a, there's a reason that you need to go go there to get it. Um, so you know, as we get more towards you know the digital elements of like radio.com and OTT and targeting, uh, you can get even more specific with uh, you know drawing um, radiuses around their location and focusing those impressions right around their location. And you know, once you get into the multi-market opportunities and got 20, 40, 60 locations. I mean, you're hitting people hard and you have so much data to target people. Um, you know, like I said, with the A-B testing and everything and optimization, it's almost a win. You know, you, you can't really lose in the long run. Oh, I was going to ask you, uh, do you, do you think, you, you kind of just touched on this, and I, I, I want to say the answer is everyone, but I, I'd like to hear it from you. Do you see better results with products versus services or, or both or, you know, pretty good? Or, or you know, I hear... I hear this freaking app commercial, man, all the time, like best fiends or something. Oh man, I, I hear that goddamn commercial every day. And I'm, I'm honestly so sick of it, but they must be crushing it because they, uh, I think they've got a lot of downloads, like number one app caps or something. But <laughs> what, what do you think? Um, so, I don't know. Um, you can go either way. So, so the question is, what is the gap question? So it, would you, do you say like a product? If, let's Products say or services? Versus a service, yeah, yeah. It's hard to say, you know, I've never really thought about it versus products versus services. Um, I have so many of each. Um, so I've never really thought about that. I, I'm gonna have to take some time and think about it. You know, as I'm thinking about it, I think most of my clients are more product or are more service based at least on the local side. And then, you know, more multi-market type opportunities are more product-based because obviously they need you know, to reach more people, reach more people in general. Service-based, it's usually, you know, more localized um, unless it's, you know, one of those online type services or like, you know, online therapy or something like that. Um, yeah, I'd say more services locally. And then, you know, when you're looking more multi-market, then it probably gets more to product. Okay. 
Well, one thing you said a, a little bit ago that I want to touch on, and then we can probably wrap up here. I know I'm taking up a lot of your time, but um, you mentioned, you know, not being overly prescriptive. Like it sounds, it sounds like you, you kind of listened to, you know, the company when I came to you with my $50,000 shoe budget, you, you listened to my, my situation first, and then you recommended me maybe not even your services. That to me is, is so valuable in a partner these days as things continue to get, you know, more and more automated and maybe, uh, maybe the bars are a little bit lower now where people, you know, if they used to want to advertise, they had to go through someone like you or someone like me. Whereas now maybe they can just start up a little Google campaign on their own. Sure. They could run it themselves, but the, the strategy and the actual like brain behind it and having a trusted partner, I think that's really important. Would you agree? It's so important to almost interview the client before you make any suggestions, because like you said, you've got to understand, you know, what they can and cannot do. And so, you know, when I'm working with somebody like you and UTech, like I'm not going to start shoving search engine marketing and search engine optimization down your throat because you're going to look at me and be like, uh, no. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's important to know who your audience is. Whereas, you know, if I was talking with, you know, like a, a garage door installer or something like that, who, you know, does like, uh, does a little bit of SEM, but doesn't really know what he's doing. That's something that I, you know, I would definitely help out with. And, you know, I, I can understand that they could help, you know, need help with that. But it's all about the question and asking, and, you know, really learning what your client needs because nobody, there's just no like one prescription that fits all. Every company is a little bit different. And, you know, finding that one thing that makes them the most successful or, or that, you know, drives the most business to them, um, it's important to, you know, find that out from them because if it's working for them, let's enhance that, let's broaden it out and let's see how we can optimize that. Um, so, yeah, it's super important to really understand what your clients need and not pitch them a whole bunch of crap that they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. And if, if you're watching this and you're thinking to yourself, you know, maybe the, the people you're working with just kind of, they were like, oh, you need SEO. Definitely. They didn't even hear you out. Like you, they cut you off while you were speaking. You might want to reevaluate that a little bit because people need to hear you out first. And, and if you don't feel like you're being listened to, you know, just, just think about it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it is important. It's important to have an open mind. Every, every advertiser needs to have an open mind. And it's so hard when you have, you know, salespeople from company A, B, C, all the way to, you know, X, Y, Z calling you. But I will say, it, you will learn something new almost every time you speak with somebody. So, you know, even if it's, you know, a 20, 30 minute conversation out of your day to hear a pitch from somebody on something new that's going on, it, it's really important to understand how things are, you know, progressing in every, you know, in, in every avenue, you know, whether it's TV, radio, yeah. social media, digital. I mean, it's important to you know, be able to you know, be that sponge and consistently learn. Um, so, you know, Hey, advertisers, when I email you, write me back and let's <laughs> How do you stay up to date? What do you do? How do you stay up to date with everything going on? Uh, you know, I meshed into the work from home pretty easily. Um, it's kind of nice because, you know, our office is pretty crowded and, you know, with six people right in your row and, you know, people yelling up and down the halls, you get a little distracted. So, it's really nice being in this, you know, environment where I just I'm able to get my work done and, you know, no distractions other than puppy boy back there. Um, new puppy, so. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's actually been pretty nice. Uh, I can get work done a lot 
faster. You know, the only thing that is a little bit annoying is I'm sure you experienced the same thing is delay when you're only communicating via email. And, you know, yeah, that sucks. It takes a little bit longer with that, but you know, all in all, like, it's going good, you know? How do you stay up to date though with um, like marketing? What's going on in the marketing? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I take things very uh, literal sometimes, just like that. I answered that wrong. Um. <laughs> I was interested in that too. I, 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 <laughs> uh, just ask my manager. It's like sometimes they'll email me something. And I'm like, is that what you mean? And they're like, no, Brett. I'm like, this is what it says. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, so, what do I do? You know, I, I tend to read a lot of the trades. You know, right now, radio, it's really important to understand what's going on in radio, uh, not even just locally, but across the US. You know, companies are transforming and reforming and, and you know, changing. So, it's important to know, you know, what, what benefits your company may have over another company. Um, and it's nice, you know, being in the, in the OTT space now because. Now within Intercom, they, they do educate us on, you know, what our competitors are doing and what new things are happening. So just the fact that we have so many things that we offer, we do get consistently, you know, updates on, on new things that are happening. So it's kind of a nice thing to, you know, have from your company to get updates on all these different products. Hard to, you know, keep them all straight because it's a lot you got to learn. But all you can do is continually, you know, learn and, and expand your mind and, it works, and I like it, and I feel smarter sometimes. So that's important <laughs> to feel smarter. That's always good. I ask because um, you know I, I subscribe to like a few different emails and stuff, and I've got I got like my morning brew that comes in every day. I read that, and uh, they've got like marketing version too, and I listen to some marketing podcasts as well. And I'm just always looking for you know new opportunities to figure out where I can learn stuff. But maybe I just need you in my inbox. Well, maybe I was just going to say some of those things that you're listening to sound interesting. I'd like to listen to some of those. Podcasts are hard for me to, you know, stay with, but uh, let me know what you're listening to because I, got, yeah, I, got, I love seeing things that you guys see too. I've got, uh, I've got some like quick ones where the episodes are like two, three, maybe five minutes and I listen to those. Um, so I'm, I'm a little in tune with that, but I, I do, this isn't like for marketing purposes, but I do listen to the Joe Rogan experience and those are like three hours long and that one's uh that's a hurdle to overcome. Some of my friends love it. I mean, yeah. I, I, people really love Joe Rogan. He's so big right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that on Spotify, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the first ones that I learned about, like, you know, how ridiculous podcast like mentions can be, yeah. how expensive they can be. Was it Joe Rogan one? I don't remember what it was, but it was like, oh, for one? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Hi, man. He's, he's the podcast guy. He like figured it out and he, I mean, I used to know him from like Fear Factor and UFC fights. Now, and then and he's like a comedian and he does a podcast. I'm like, geez, dude, like, wow. You know? Dude's done everything. He really yeah. does. I remember in UFC too. And then I saw him in Fear Factor. I'm like, is that dude? UFC guy? <laughs> he actually looks really funny if you check him out. It, it, I don't know. He doesn't look good with hair. He looks better bald. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wouldn't work on everybody. Uh, not this way. I need, I need to keep this hair. <laughs> me too man me too <laughs> your time brad i really appreciate it um if, if people want to get in touch with you or anything like that what's the best way uh i can give my email you know brettgordon1 at gmail.com or you know you can give me or uh shoot me at uh, my intercom email at brett.gordon uh, at intercom.com and it's two t's in brett that's the best way to be brett because those one t brett's are just missing a t
I don't know what happened. It just they, like they lost it. A lot. So check me out on LinkedIn too, Brett Gordon. You know, you can find me. Um, happy to you know have a conversation, talk. I can help you out. Cool. If not, just say hi. I like to talk. <laughs> As I told Mike to interrupt me because I talk too much. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good. I'm just sad I didn't get to see your dog. I was told that you know he might be making an appearance. If you push pause on the video right now, I can go get him. I don't know how to do that, man. I'm, uh, I'm yeah, and maybe if I'm still in my twenties, I don't know. Well, I'll send you a picture. And you can just put them up on the end and be like, "This is Brett's life." If looking for media, call Brett Gordon. Or if looking to cuddle with a baby corgi called Brett Gordon. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Mike, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I really appreciate it. I mean, UTech is an awesome company. You Talk is an awesome program. So <laughs> I really appreciate you having me on and uh, looking forward to seeing you know, all of your episodes in the future. Of course, man. We'll get you back. We'll get you back in another time. Be good. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> All right, hell yeah. Bye, everybody.